0: This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Ashley Christensen, chef and owner of some of North Carolina's best restaurants. Before COVID-19, Ashley employed a staff of 280. She has said the jobs she's created are the most important accomplishment of her career. Hear what happens when those jobs go away, what Ashley is doing to help bring them back, why kindness matters more now than ever, and how an early phone call with the governor helped keep people safe. We're back tomorrow with an all new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Ashley. Ashley, hi.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here. What's what's your day like?
1: Uh, so today is the first day that, um, our company is now, uh, two people instead of the 28 that we've had on for the last uh, few weeks. Um, so today we're doing a little, little prep for providing some of the hospital worker meals, uh, which we're going to be doing on, um, Wednesday and Friday of this week and just getting organized for something we've been doing each week, which is to provide a, uh, like a, a grocery store for our employees that they can come shop for free in. And we try and provide some of the stuff that's harder to, uh, to find on the shelves. And we've got a bit, we've got a connoisseur kitchen with a, a big parking lot, so We're able to do it outside and have them all practicing uh, safe distancing and all those good things. So that's kind of uh, what we're ramping, ramping up for uh, this week.
0: So your company has in, in, a couple of weeks, gone from 280 people to 28 people to two people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the two people remaining are um, my wife, Kate Golan, and I. And uh, Kate is our executive director. And uh, we cut our salaries at the very beginning of this to zero. So, you know, we're, we're just doing what we can to keep it going right now.
0: And tell me about how your response has evolved over time. When you first get the mandate that that people can't really eat in restaurants anymore and you start making these decisions, they're things that kind of have a life of their own. So take me from the, the beginning moment of, of knowing you had to act to where you are now.
1: Sure. <clears throat> well, it started um, for us with... Uh, you know, with a small group getting together. And we actually went to our governor and, and you know, said, look, this, we need to contain this. And I know it was, you know, it was, it was on his, his uh, desk already clearly for discussion, but we just as um, restaurant owners, a small group of us <clears throat> just spoke up for the fact that this wasn't a decision that needed to sit on the shoulders of small business owners. So we were um, a part of, uh, you know, kind of nudging that or voicing the importance of that decision. And we do believe that was the right thing to do um, so that we can get this contained as quickly as possible. But we started with <clears throat> uh, looking at what, what what was to come and thinking about how to, how to do this the right way. And so we, we first uh, so that folks could get access to unemployment as quickly as possible, um, laid off that 90% of our team and kept 28 managers. And we did what a lot of people did and thought about takeout first. <clears throat> and so we approached takeout by, you know, we, we closed two of our shops entirely um, and a bar entirely. Um, and we kind of took the remaining managers and, uh, put them at all in, all in the shops uh, that were remaining open and not necessarily shops that they work in. So um, that was a, a little bit unique. And uh, so we did take out and take out was like tremendously successful. And uh, when we stopped doing it, folks, you know, inquired like, Oh, was it, was it not busy enough? And we said, you know, the opposite, it was actually like too busy. And we, we quickly saw that we felt like <clears throat> as much as we can, um, Influence and you know, control the behaviors and practices of our people, uh, our employees. We, we didn't have as much uh, control over that with the public, so we felt a little uneasy about you know the way people interacted with each other in front of the restaurants and, and certainly um, what that uh, created exposure wise for our folks. So we quickly wound down the takeout piece. Uh, we have an events business that, like, you know lost every single booking <laughs> that we have coming up within a matter of like days. Um, but we have a full events department and a commissary kitchen, as I mentioned earlier. So we, we had started working on something. We have our, our event space is called bridge club. And so we spun something off called clubhouse where we could sell um, meals a few times a week that are like fully prepped and that you just like heat up at home. And we could do that with, uh, you know, uh, contact free delivery and because we pre-sell it all and there's no exchange of money, we could do it safely, get it into people's cars here. Um, but ultimately, you know, as a stay-at-home uh, order happened here, um, we, felt, we felt like it was just the safest thing to do um, to lay off our remaining uh, folks, especially with that um, na- uh, federal piece coming in for uh, unemployment that made it a little bit, Easier for people to survive off of. So yeah, that's been quite the roller coaster. Um, And now you know we're uh, like I said, doing a couple of things. We want to keep that staff grocery going, and we'd like to be able to do uh, as much as uh, as we can with the hospital workers' meals. Um, But we also have to be ramping up to basically start our company over. You know, (laughs) Um, ultimately. So we have uh, you know been in the process of applying for all the loans. And, and each day we're on a call with the uh, Independent Restaurant Coalition, and trying to work through all the things that need to happen, but also, you know, figuring out how to communicate that to the rest of our community and uh, help people, um, you know, just bounce ideas about how to make it through this.
0: So it's been a time of, of incredible strategy and planning. One thing that strikes me as really interesting is that you made a, a preemptive move to go to the governor, it sounds like, to ask him to please shut things down. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about the, the thinking that, that went into that. That's not something I've heard from other people yet. So I'm interested in in, in that decision and, and how you felt that that was the 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 right thing, the safe thing to do.
1: Sure. Um, so we, <clears throat> we are in a hot county, for sure. Um, here in Wake County and, um, you know, just in watching how other cities uh, had progressed and, you know, what was happening in California and, and New York and, um, you know, it was just a, its it seemed like this is where it was going and we needed to figure out how to contain this thing as quickly as possible. So what we were seeing in other places, I think, really, really, set an example of you know this this thing's lighting up and if we don't get in front of it now it's only going to take longer you know it's only going to take longer to figure out how to contain it so um so that was that was the thought and I, you, we saw a lot of people um kind of or a handful of folks closing their doors on their own or switching just to take out and again i think it was just you know one of those things where we were thinking about we've got to figure out how to Get this over with and uh, and and contain as quickly as possible. And you know, with the, the distancing in restaurants and like you know, removing tables and all that stuff, it just <clears throat> it's way too difficult to control the behaviors of the public in a in a you know, closed space like that.
0: How long does it take for somebody like you to get the governor on the phone? Is he a, is he a customer?
1: He is. He is. And um, and we have a have a pretty you know regular dialogue to, uh, just kind of check in on different things. So, um, yeah, pretty, uh, he's, he's very accessible, but also, you know, I think a handful of us in downtown Raleigh really have his ears so that he can, you know, know what's going on in our, in our industry. So he's, he, uh, he is accessible and, and really tends to, uh, understand a lot of the challenges that we experience. So,
0: that's a great thing for me to hear that uh, yeah. restaurateurs do have the ear of 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 a, of a governor, um, sure. governor governor cooper in in your case
1: yeah and and you know I think um, a lot of us worked really hard when it was election time to to um, to uh, uh, spread his message and and to make sure that uh, you know what, do everything we could do to be a part of getting him into office so
0: I've, I've watched your Instagram testimonial when you're talking about closing down your restaurants about a hundred times because I, I think it's so I think it's so moving. One of the things you said that was especially striking is that the only thing you've been prouder of in your lifetime than your cooking is being able to create jobs for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: How does it feel in a time where the jobs have become so vulnerable and something you've built up so carefully and so consciously? Um, has become collateral damage of a a dangerous and unstoppable virus.
1: Yeah. um, You know, I mean, we have an incredible team. And that was absolutely like such a difficult uh, thing to do. But um, we've since just tried really hard to communicate often and clearly uh with everyone we kept so we use uh, ScheduleFly, schedule fly which is like a um a, a schedule app for your teams and it allows us to we've been able to keep them all on schedule fly through this so that we can continue to communicate with them uh multiple times a week so we're able to say like you know this week at the grocery store this is the day we're going to do it these are the hours um, we're able to send messages about things that people may be encountering um, hurdles with, with respect to like filing for unemployment, you know, and uh, it's, so it's been great to like have that message piece in place, but I think um, it's, it's such a strange as an employer, it's such a, such a strange position to be in and we've worked really hard to build an incredible team and, and to be, um, to be great employers. And it does feel crazy to kind of have to burn it all down, so to speak. But um I, you know, I, I, I really do believe that we're going to come back uniquely stronger from this. It's going to, we're going to be different, <laughs> but we will, we will come back. And, you know, I think um, what we're trying to spend a lot of discipline time right now doing is,
0: you know, just really
1: trying to strategize for the smartest way to bring everything back, the order in which to do that. And, you know, for any of the things um, that, that, are really hard to retro engineer into a restaurant because it's been, you employ so many people and it's been humming and operating. Um, now is a really great time to, you know, to work on any tweaks and changes that would make those shops even stronger for us and and even better places to work. So I, I think, you know, um, how we have, uh, worked through this very challenging time with a lot of transparency for our teams and with uh, making an effort to get them as much information as we can, as often as we can, every time we learn something new about what's going on, you know, I think um, that's, that's kept our team really strong and, and maybe even, uh, you know, increased the, the bond they feel with the places um, that they, each of our shops that they work work in. So
0: You mentioned one of the decisions you made uh, you and your wife both was to eliminate your own salaries. Where (laughs) where does that money go?
1: Uh, Well, it all, uh, so one of, when we kept the first round of folks on, we uh, talked with everyone, including like our directors, uh, every level of management. And, you know, we needed, we wouldn't have been able to to keep so many people without a, uh, um, reduced salary, so we spoke with directors first, and we came up with a number uh, to that everyone agreed upon that was uh, unified reduced salary amount, so every single manager and director would be making the same amount of money and and I think that you know that was the only way that we could create even like a couple weeks of runway to to do what we did, and uh, from there, I guess we were. Um, well if to for Kate and I to enter that conversation with our team, we really felt like it was important to take ourselves down to zero to to uh, be able to take more of the burden on than 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 they were all taking on because they were certainly taking on enough so um, so that helped us to by not taking any money out you know helped us to just cre- lengthen that runway a little bit more for how long we could keep folks employed as as well as uh, to, you know, do, do as much as we could with paying our vendors, which, you know, I think everyone's experiencing uh, a little backup in in that department for sure. So yeah, that's kind of how we, how we did it or, or where, where we imagined just as much, you know, those funds just going right to our, our teams who were staying on and for us to be able to create a little more time to do that. We, the other thing, we did a little research and we were following um, sort of the journey of our friends, uh, Mike Lotta and Jason Stanhope in Charleston. And <clears throat> we saw them post about how they were raising money to pay their uh, employees health insurance. And so we were not sure how that was legal, because we, that was the reason that we sort of didn't plan to do that in, in the beginning, because we didn't think that we legally could but I think um, uh, the insurance companies, I think because they don't necessarily just want to lose everybody, <laughs> um, made made some tweaks and changes that uh, allowed us to to provide those benefits. So we did a quick, you know, and this is like, uh, we live in an incredible community and this was a real, um, I, we were constantly reminded of that. But we had a, a good couple of friends of ours step up and say, um, we, we had reached out because we had a couple bottles of like Pappy Van Winkle that we were going to, try and sell to start raising some money. Um, and, uh, they came back with the idea, like, what if we hosted, uh, you know, a kind of high end dinner after this is all over. So they sold, um, 25 seats for us that they're going to host in their home ultimately at the end of all this. And we were able to raise, uh, the money for to cover 100% of the insurance for our entire team, Uh, including any of their family members who might be on the insurance. So that was, that takes us through the end of April. And now we're trying to figure out May. So
0: So one, one special dinner, one special planned high roller dinner covered a month of insurance for 280 people.
1: Yeah. Well, for the, all the folks who do participate, you know, we don't, we don't have a hundred percent participation. We generally pay um, 50% for, uh, anyone who works, uh, over 30 hours who opts into it. So. It's
0: impressive. Now you need a, you need a May event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> North Carolina high rollers. Listen up, yeah. call in, donate, donate. Um, one thing I, I really admire about you is that you were politically active before all of this started, uh, What would you tell other operators about the significance of of being active and remaining active in that way to help sustain restaurants in in the future? It it seems like everybody raising their voice is a big deal.
1: Sure. Um, You know, I think uh, to your point earlier of like how hard is it to get in touch with the governor? (laughs) um, I think, uh, you know, just having um, a little more experience in that department to know how to uh, how to get in touch with the right folks and, and sometimes not even just for what you're asking of them, but for some, some direction in and how things need to happen. Or, you know, we, um, we wanted to, uh, have a phone call with <clears throat> Tom Tillis, uh, with Senator Tom Tillis. And, um, we had been speaking with our uh, North Carolina speaker. And he had, he has been just incredible. And we early on uh, had an in-person meeting with him. uh, And I think it was, I feel like it was right before the actual shutdown, but I, it may have been right after. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, he has been, Speaker Moore has been just like tremendous. So we have been, you know, we're on a, text chain with him where we're able to ask questions to help us guide the rest of the community and state through some of these challenges. And when we needed to have the ear of our senator, you know, he uh, actually hopped on the call with us and made our introductions and had his whole team there. So I think being able to, uh, you know, just know how to engage with your representatives um, in in a time like this where uh, bipartisanship is so important and to, to really, um, look at what's in place, and to figure out how you're all going to get through it together. And then, you know, I think um, I think as someone who speaks up on behalf of a number of different issues and causes, I think just having that audience really already in place who are who believe in you and who uh, are um, you know uh, maybe kind of used to your voice and and willing to um, trust in what you're doing as as we move through you know challenging times like this.
0: High pressure situations do different things for different people's confidence levels where's your confidence level at right now
1: <laughs> um, it's that's a really good question it, it uh, it's changes a little bit day by day um, you know and I think that's the one of the great things about having a tremendous um, partner in, in life and in business here um, you know I think we're both really good at when when one of us needs to needs a little strength, we're, we're there to give it to each other, you know, and, and so to have someone to, to co-lead through this effort with, like Kate, um, really helps, uh, and, and, you know, I would say early on, you know, you doing, you know, making the decisions that we had, had to make between closing the dining rooms and ending takeout and letting folks, you know, uh, or laying people off, um, you know, those days were very, uh, tough, and we had not, you know, fully laid out a a roadmap that that we we knew we needed to and we were dealing with all these huge emotional decisions. Um but since then, you know, I think each each day um we you know feel more confident. We know we're coming back. And as I said earlier, we just know that it is gonna look a little different than it than it does right now. And we'll see how all that shakes out. But uh yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I think for everybody's confidence that was really tough in the beginning of this is, you know, each day we we're solving for a problem that changed significantly a day or two later, you know, so you'd make all this headway on on something and and then just be in a completely different position, you know, <laughs> like figuring out how to do uh, takeout in restaurants that don't really do a ton of takeout, you know, and like putting that model in place and then within a handful of days, you know, knowing that actually wasn't going to be, you know, the the best path forward for for us. And one of the first things that we were doing was just trying to, uh, we came together as a restaurant community, and we thought of something called uh, um, Soup for Service. And we were going to all plan on, like, selling this takeout soup that we could, you know, raise money for our teams. And and within days, like, everything that we'd worked on and, and figured out, uh, you know, changed. So <laughs> we were all still talking, the same group of people still talking, but solving, you know, completely different issues than than the day, the couple of days before. So that I think those moments w- made it hard for all of us to be confident. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like, and, and, and then as we move into anything that has to do with, you know, how we're uh, lobbying for what is needed for our industry, you know, that's so complicated and and that has changed many times. And, you know, as we look at, uh, as we look at, um, the, that paycheck protection piece and trying to navigate that. And then when you go and, and you apply for these SBAs and then the application changes and you fill out applications again for the same loan that you just were getting ready to apply for, you know, and that, that happened two or three times. And, you know, so I think Confidence is, is um, a real important word right now, and, but it is, it is hard to be um, consistently confident when, you know, the system is trying to figure out how to do what it needs to do right now. So it's really hard to believe in a system that's trying to figure itself out. <laughs>
0: It, sound, it sounds like you have a lot of conviction, though. And it, it, it sounds like you're kind of on, on a roll um, and on fire. The <laughs> thing you were just talking about was um, instituting changes within the, the CARES Act, which, which was the release yes. bill passed by, passed by Congress. And you were talking about the Paycheck Protection Program, which has to do with um, repaying loans in a 10-year period versus a two-year period. So you're fighting for things at, at every level, really. Your your restaurants, the local level, the state level, the national level.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I, and I think that's um, another great point. I mean, I think you you really have to be looking at this from every, from every level right now. And there's such you know, as we are on these daily calls with the uh, IRC, it's, it's a awesome thing to be working on. And then we also need to be really engaged all of us in our own home states and home cities and, and uh, yeah, there's a lot to think about, a lot of moving parts for sure.
0: Um, what kind of food are the healthcare workers getting later this week from you guys?
1: So uh, I'm going to be smoking some chicken and doing like a big uh, um, kind of like a Caesar salad, but with a bunch of vegetables and and kale and uh, um, our uh, pastry chef on, on her last uh, couple of days, she uh banged out a bunch of chocolate chip cookies for us that are in the freezer and ready to bake off so just um you know trying to make delicious home-cooked food for folks that makes them feel appreciated uh as they do all the great work they're doing on the front lines
0: i noticed you're actually cooking some things for yourself that you don't usually get to like pancakes
1: (laughs) isn't that something like how how uh excited people are about recipes right now and i was watching that um That Instagram post about the pancakes take off, and it's like, wow, people really love talking about you know, uh, little gestures of comfort right now. And so I'm gonna try and do try and do more of that. But yeah, I don't think I I don't. It's probably been 20 years since I made pancakes. Seriously, (laughs) I just don't make pancakes at home.
0: I make pancakes like 20 times a month. I have a four year old, so it's it's demanded (laughs) of me. I don't really have a choice. I'm conscripted into pancake making service, but it is the food.
1: It's a great food.
0: Um, you have a refrain that you, you go back to often on your social media and talks that you give, you say, don't forget kindness, which which yeah. I, I really like. It's a, it's a good reminder. How do you confront somebody who has?
1: Mm, um, you know, I, I think our hope is always to uh, inspire folks um, to, to look at things a little bit differently and, and to, um, you know, just to lead that idea by example. And, Um, it's, to me, that's really anything that we're looking to influence through the restaurants. Um, we, we like to be just kind of based around that idea. And so like when we were talking earlier about like being, you know, politically active and involved, one of the things that we work really hard on in the restaurants is to not, um, you know, I don't ever hang a candidate sign in my window because I want everyone to walk into that space and. And feel welcome, and 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 feel you know like they're in, they're in a place that a piece of it belongs to them, and uh, you know beyond that uh, we just sort of hope that the way that we are, including our entire staff, carry carry ourselves in those spaces that that people will take inspiration from that, and and then you know we, we do a lot of community work, and you know that's really um, that idea of kindness is what helps us make the decisions of the things we want to support. Is that your four-year-old?
0: That's my four-year-old. He's painted <laughs> his entire, uh, all his arms purple. You want to say hi to Ashley? <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. You want to go back to painting? Okay. He's he's expressing <laughs> kindness first too. Full of full of paint. Very yeah. cute.
1: Yeah. After the last um, presidential election, we 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 before that we had in our windows, uh, "Don't forget to vote," and we had it. You know. As like you know, in, in the uh, design of each restaurant, and just like uh, as a as a logo, almost in the windows. And then after that election, it felt like a good time to say, you know, don't forget kindness. And so that's been uh, that's really where that started. And, and it's a it's a neat, powerful thing, I think, for people to feel feel a part of. If you see uh, if you see if you see Andrew Zimmern doing his uh, interviews right now, which he's doing a lot of. He often has his pool's diner, don't forget kindness shirt on. (laughs) Um,
0: I I love the kindness piece. You're going to have to put the don't forget to vote sign back up in your restaurant as soon as you guys are are up and running. Uh, Hopefully it's with enough runway before November. Um, Ashley, (laughs) I want to ask you uh, one more question. Our show's called Takeaway Only, and I'm wondering what your big takeaway is from working through this moment as as a leader, as as a human.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think the the biggest takeaway for me has just been, um, the power of being in a, in a strong community. And we so quickly had a network of, of Raleigh restaurant folks and Durham restaurant folks and, and Chapel Hill and, and then another network kind of across the state and everyone began to communicate so quickly. And we've all been just sharing, uh, the most up-to-date information as often as, as we can. And, and I think that, um, that, that value of community and the strength that it brings to challenges like this. I mean, today, um, Kate's in the other room in the commissary, and I'm sitting in my office right now, but we're, we've got all these friends stopping by to pick up. Uh, somebody donated a bunch of produce to us. We've got all these different restaurants coming by and, and picking up for, for, uh, to distribute to their teams. And we just all, I think this is a community that takes really good care of each other. And uh, that is a real nice um, centering piece for me right now, for sure.
0: Ashley, I really appreciate your, your time and you using your extraordinary powers for good uh, and your voice and your compassion and the reminder to always be kind. I have a Don't Forget Kindness shirt in my basket right now. It All will right. be purchased <laughs> electronically as soon as we wrap up. Um, thank you great. again. Can't thank you enough.
1: Thank you, Howard. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye,
0: Ashley. That was Ashley Christensen. You can follow her on Instagram at Ashley underscore And learn more about her work at www.ac-restaurants.com. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Khan for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at Beeples. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.